Remember how I was telling you before we started recording about hitting myself in the tooth with a metal straw? Yep. Just did that again. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome back, back to, to This the- Week in Film. It's the <laughs> weekly podcast where we get together and talk about the movies we've seen over the past seven days. I'm your host, Nick Pinunto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, how's it going? It's going pretty good, Nick. How are you? Doing all right. And if we have any new listeners, we should probably correct something here and let you know that I am actually Midwest Matt Lauer, and the other guy is your host, Nick Pinunto. That's me. Yeah. We did the old switcheroo at the beginning of this episode. Surprising. I was going to come in low energy, and then Matt took over, and it was pretty funny. (laughs) And now that we've explained to you that that was funny, let's talk about the movies we've seen (laughs) over the past seven days. I have seen two movies this week. Oh, this is going to be an imbalanced show. Oh, God. What did you um, see? I watched Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, Oh, and Charlie's Angels, 2019. Hmm. Okay. I watched five movies. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's been, it's been more than a week since we recorded, and I don't know, this is like that week where you saw a ton of movies and, and I only saw one. You're like... You didn't see a bunch of movies? I thought you were going to see a million movies. Well, I finally caught up with the rest of the quarantine. <laughs> so <laughs> I saw a bunch of movies. I saw Over the Top, Masters of the Universe, Battlefield Earth, Baby Geniuses 2, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, Turtles in Time. I am just kidding. I did not watch oh any of those God. movies. I was like, what? <laughs> no, I actually didn't watch any of those. Oh, God. I was just messing with you. Well, like, is it over the top, that wrestling movie? I believe it's an arm wrestling movie, sir. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the Stallone one. And then Baby Geniuses 2. I was like, what? And then Turtles 3. I've never seen... I I missed the other three movies you said. Uh, Yeah, I think the only only one of those movies that I actually ever have seen is Battlefield Earth. And I think you and I watched it once, and I can't even really remember any of it. It was awful. Remember how I was telling you before we started recording about hitting myself in the tooth with a metal straw? Yep. Just did that again. (laughs) Anyway, here's what I actually saw. I saw a movie called Booksmart. I saw The Purge. I saw Hocus Pocus. I saw Frozen. And I saw Demolition Man. Oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. So, seeing as how I have seen a ton more movies, I guess I should probably go first. What oh, do you right. think? All right. Let's see. I'll start with something that I've got the least to say about. Hocus Pocus. This is a movie from, I don't know, long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Starring a couple people. It's like a mid-90s, early-90s, cheesy, light-hearted, for the most part movie about three witches starring sarah jessica parker and bet midler and kathy najimi who some of you you might remember from sister act she was one of the nuns in sister act but anyway 1993 and this is a movie that i watched because it was one of karina's favorite movies growing up so she's seen it about a billion times and i promised her that if we watched it i would be nice (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so so I wasn't going to sit there and rag on it the whole time and like spoil it for her or anything like that. And truth be told, I had a pretty chill time watching this movie. It's interesting because, and I, I, have you ever seen this movie? I've seen this movie a lot, but not in like the last 15 years. It's straight up, first thing that happens in this movie is they murder a, a little like six-year-old girl. That's how the movie kicks off. That's pretty intense, you know, but it's, it's very much done in a non-intense way. Like, I don't even remember if the girl's like screaming or anything. I'm sure that at the time Disney was like, Hey, let's, let's not make this ultra terrifying. We only ever do that in our cartoons in the eighties, but yeah, they straight up murder a child right at the beginning. And it becomes kind of funny because people come to the door and they're like, hide it. And they, so they throw like a blanket over her. And then the rest of the movie is a kind of, you know, I might've been a little sleepy while I watched it, but the rest of the movie's kind of one note the whole time. It doesn't feel like it really rises and falls with action. These three witches at the beginning, they get, oh, they're, they're hanged, I think. And Bette Midler's character is like, on Halloween night of, when some virgin lights a candle on Halloween night, we'll come back to life. And so fast forward to the 90s. And there's that long for a virgin to light a candle on Halloween night. Yeah. Well, it's not just a candle, like any candle. It's like a specific candle. Oh, okay. I mean, that might have been Bette Midler's error, you know, making it a specific candle. Instead. Like, if you're making the incantation up, maybe just say any candle. Then the odds are a lot better. Especially back in the day, before electricity. No kidding, right? But anyway, so, so you know, centuries later, it's the 90s. This kid's trying to impress a girl. And they go to this haunt. It's not really a haunted house. It's like, a, I think it's a museum at that point in Salem. It's quasi-haunted. So they go in there. And he lights the candle. His little sister is Thora Birch. Really? Yeah. Oh. Being cute. She was an adorable kid. I don't know if you remember her from like Patriot Games and stuff, but cute kid. The main guy is, I don't know. He He's super like 90s nondescript dude. Like, like sort of like he wants to be, I don't know, Kirk Cameron maybe. Who if, doesn't? Well, anymore. I mean, back in the mid, yeah, back early in the, 90s. In the 90s, everybody wanted to be Kirk Cameron. And this guy was like the C-string Kirk Cameron. They're like, he's sitting the bench most of the time. And they're like, oh no, we're out of Kirk Cameron's. And he's like, now's my chance. And then there's a girl he's trying to impress who looks like she should have grown up to be someone famous. Like, oh, is this young Amy Smart or something like that? Doesn't seem like it. She's been in some things, but like I, I, I didn't see any starring roles. Anyway, they go to this place and he lights the candle. And of course, he's a virgin. And because he's the C-string Kirk Cameron. And throughout the movie, you get a lot of jokes about him being a virgin. And it, it really feels like the movie doesn't know with what tone they want to make these jokes. So it's kind of like, well, we got to say that he's a virgin. We got to keep saying that he's a virgin. But we're Disney, so maybe we don't know exactly how we want to do this. And then eventually... You know, so the witches come back and a lot of the jokes throughout the movie are sort of like the witches take on things, kind of fish out of water stuff. And then eventually it ends. <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's not exactly super climactic, at least in like tone. But the witches, they don't win. We'll just leave it at that. The only thing I remember about this movie, and, and it, again, it's a movie I've seen plenty of times because my sisters loved it too. But all I remember is one, 
It was when Sarah Jessica Parker was like almost hot. I remember there's a scene of her. I think she's trying to seduce the Kirk Cameron main character by singing a song while riding a broom or something. And she's like laying, she's like laying down or something. She does sing a song a bit like a siren of sorts. Yeah. And there's definitely a lot of cleavage that they're going for in this movie with her. Uh, there there was one scene in particular where I was like, wow, like the movie just got R for a second. <laughs> Karina's <laughs> like, her boobs have been out the whole time. I was like, yeah, but maybe it's the scene you're talking about. Because I was like, yeah, but I don't feel like the camera was trying to look down her shirt most of the time. It seemed a little extra evocative just now. Hmm. Yeah. And that's all I can remember of that movie. Well, so Nick's hormones remember Hocus Pocus. Oh, um, yeah. But I just saw it last week, Nick, and I feel like there's not much I remember of it. So <laughs> that's all I got to say about it, really. I can't say I super disliked it. I can't really say I had a good time you know, with it either. I mean, other than that, I was hanging out and chilling on the couch, but like, as far as the movie goes, it it was very, it it came and went without much, uh, without much impact. Okay. And you never saw this like growing up at all? No, this is the first time I ever saw it. Okay. I think that's one reason we were, we were watching is because she kept saying, I I can't believe you never saw it. And I was like, yeah, well let's watch it. And she's like, no, you're going to kill it for me. (laughs) I was like, well, (laughs) I'll be good. Um, which, you know, the fact that I didn't find it di- too difficult to not rip it apart the whole time, I guess, says something about it being good enough. Right. Yeah. So that's my first of five movies. All right. So why don't you take the next one and then I'll I'll hop in. I'll do Booksmart next. So Booksmart. Here we go. All right. Directed by Olivia Wilde, starring Caitlin really? Dever and Beanie Feldstein and yeah. Jessica Williams as Miss Fine. This is from 2019. I know a lot of people love this movie, but I feel like... I've never even heard of this. Oh, it also has Jason Sudeikis. Oh, and Lisa Kudrow. That's right. I remember seeing her and being like, wow, Lisa Kudrow's in this. So the fact that the teacher is named Miss Fine, this may be a hot take, but I'm going to go with that's about as clever as this writing is. This movie was weird. And well, here's, here's the plot. Two girls who are very intelligent and super nerds, like all about school. That's kind of established in the first few minutes that all they care about is becoming successful students, going to college, and then becoming the next Ruth Bader Ginsburg's of the world. And that's the pretty much the most likable thing about them. Like, cool, nerds. All right. But the rest of the movie, they basically realize that other students who don't care about school that much or aren't as focused on it as they are, are also succeeding and going to the same colleges, more or less, like Yale and Harvard and stuff. And the setup even is a lot of like what this movie feels like for me. Like it's point, and, and the characters say this, they're, she's like, what? You're going to my school too? That doesn't make any sense. You're You're scumbags, basically. And so, you know, the characters are kind of judgmental, but you're meant to like them anyway. And the way that it's put together, like the retort from the other class or the other student is like, yeah, no, we care about school. It's just not the only thing we care about. But everything is so, everyone's kind of portrayed in these polarized way that these students basically are meant to look like they're real slackers rather than just like normal students so when she finds out that like they're going to school and they're like no we care about school too it's like well just in the few minutes that you've been on screen the movie's done a lot to also convince me 
that you're a real slacker. So this doesn't really, it feels like a bit like the movie's cheating. Once these two girls find out that apparently other people can succeed without being obsessed with school, they realize that they should, they have one night because graduation's tomorrow and they need to go party it up and live a party life while they have the chance. And throughout it, you're just seeing a bunch of hijinks. It's like a different take on a, like a hangover type movie. You're like, there were a lot of moments where I was like, this feels a bit like Harold and Kumar go to White Castle because they're trying to get to this party. And that's the majority of the movie is this them trying to get there. But they're partying along the way, sort of. There's one character that they keep running into no matter where they go. And that was kind of a gag that made me laugh. There are a few jokes throughout the movie that did make me laugh. So it's, it's not like it's no fun, but it's it definitely, this is one of those movies where I'm like, ooh, one of the really unappealing things here is this movie thinks it's hilarious. And you know how I feel about movies that think too much about themselves. <laughs> so that it was pretty annoying. I like the idea of it. I like the idea of actually having successful, smart female characters, high school students that have these aspirations going through a little bit of an existential crisis with themselves and going like, okay, you know, like, have we been too, you know, obsessed with what we're doing? But I didn't exactly find the characters likable. So I don't know, there there were moments where it felt a bit like Juno, that Dakota, what's her name? Not Dakota Fanning, Diablo Cody writing. And the character, like it's too quippy. Like everything they say has got to be some sort of like joke or slang or something that it's just kind of overdone. And everyone seems like they're 30. <laughs> like, and, and I mean like the real people, like the actors. I'm like, wow, none of these people are young enough to be playing high school students. Even the two main characters, one, one of them looks like she, she could be she's young enough to play a high school student. Not that she is actually a high school student. The other one, not so much. And then the rest of it feels like we've got like SNL actors pretending they're high school students. It's, it's weird. The actors are good though. I'll give them that. The, The performances are good. And the jokes that did make me laugh out loud did, you know, they worked. And I think Karina liked this movie even less than I did. Like, I think she was pretty hating on it, but it still got her to laugh out loud a couple times. So, I will give the humor some credit because it got both of us, even though we were both kind of annoyed with the movie. Overall, book smart, huh? It's interesting enough and it's different enough. And it's got a, 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 enough like little takes here and there that I would say if you're look if you like comedy at all and you're looking for something to watch, I think it's worth watching. So, okay. You'll probably end up seeing it at some point and I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. If you if you if you like that Harold and Kumar kind of thing, this is like a a different flavor of the same kind of food. So like for instance, if you're like I like soup. I like tomato soup. I like chicken soup and then someone's like, "Have you tried ramen?" And you're like, "No, I haven't had ramen yet. I've heard about it." And they're like, "Here, try it out." And you're like, "Yeah, okay, cool. This is like that. Different flavor." So, okay. Did you ever see Harold and Kumar? Oh, yeah. Okay. I love that first movie. I um, I never saw any of this. I don't know how many sequels there are, but I only ever saw the first one. I saw the first one and the second one. And the second one I have a weird relationship with because the first time I watched it, I was actually, I think I was leaving Chicago uh, after visiting you and I was stuck at the airport for hours and I just watched it on my iPod. 
like my iPod video, I think. It could have been my phone. I don't remember what phone I had at the time. But anyway, at the airport, I thought that it was the funniest movie I have ever seen. Oh, because like, you were like, so miserable and it was giving yeah, you something to do? I was, I was just cracking up. Like I was like crying. I was laughing so hard at the airport. And then I got home and I was still living with, with Lou at the time, old friend of the show, Lou. I was like, dude, you got to watch this movie. I was dying. And then he watched it and he was like, that was garbage. What are you talking about? <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> and so I watched it again and it is unwatchable. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, I must have been in just the absolute correct state of mind in order to enjoy that movie because I loved it. Just absolute desperation. Yeah. I was just looking for anything to do and I had that on my phone for some reason and I was like, thank God. And I dove right in. I never was interested in... I don't know if I was really interested even in seeing the first one. I wasn't interested in any sequel. When I did see the first one, I like I don't remember anything about it except the one thing that I normally wouldn't find that funny but I found really funny and that was like the, the high like pot smoking scene where like mm-hmm. drug humor just never does anything for me but in that one where he's like dancing around with the oversized like walking bag of pot like it, it had me laughing okay so there's a little detour to that um but if you like harold and kumar i'd say go ahead and check out book smart yeah that first that first harold and kumar is very funny i, I they, enjoy that movie a lot. are they still trying to get to white castle in the second one no and the second one they get arrested like the second one is they go to guantanamo bay and at one point they're hanging That's out with george dark. w bush uh it's pretty dumb there are a couple of good jokes and uh, but for the most part it's pretty it's pretty terrible it's nowhere near as, as entertaining as the first one. Okay. Uh, and then I never watched the, the third one, like the Christmas one. I didn't even know the third one was. I, I wasn't sure there was a third one. I definitely didn't know it was a Christmas movie. I think it's a very merry 3D Christmas or something like that. Ugh, that sounds terrible. All right, homie, what did you watch? All right, I watched... Let's see. Let's go with Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. All right. So this is from 2017. It is directed by Jake Kasdan and stars Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Kevin Hart, Karen Gillian, and Jack Black. And also a Jonas brother is in there. Yeah, that's right. And Reese Darby Murray from Flight of the Concords is in it for like five seconds. And uh, a a few other people. And this movie was much better than it deserved to be. I I found this movie to be quite entertaining. (laughs) It was charming and it was fun. I don't really have a whole, whole lot to say about it. And I think you've covered most of it before, especially last week when you talked about the sequel. Yeah. And I intend to see the sequel, but like going into it, I think I've got like a lower set of expectations. So I might maybe enjoy it more than you did because of that, because of that. But this was fine. This was totally fine. I hated the first 20 minutes, though, when it's just the kids before they get to the jungle. The minute The Rock shows up, it's a completely different and better movie. Because before The Rock shows up, I was about ready to turn it off. I was like, I can't take these kids. Yeah, it's just the kids hanging out. Yeah, like these high school kids are just the worst and I can't take this. And then The Rock shows up and it, and it totally changes. And then you're just like, this is fantastic. I'm in love with this. I'm having a lot of fun. And everything that shouldn't work for some reason does. I wish it was a little sillier, but I don't know. I always want something more from The Rock. Like, And I feel like he's given it his all in this movie. And, and I'm like, it's just not quite enough. Like either he's just not 
like he's really going for like playing like this gawky teenager in the rock's body and it it works but like at the same time i want him to be nerdier about everything and he's just not because he's the rock and uh i don't know i, I don't really i don't really want to you want to feel like rock is is gonna be your friend but he's still too cool <laughs> yeah. uh yeah i don't know I, I don't really have a problem with the rock's performance it's just like I, I always just kind of want something more from him. But you can tell, like, as we've said before, that he had a blast making this. Like, The Rock is trying and The Rock is having lots of fun. And that sequence when Kevin Hart eats cake, yeah. I've been laughing about that all week. I thought that that was super funny. So Matt and I have both seen this. I guess we should have saved this one for last since we've both seen it. But too late now. So... Kevin Hart's character's video game character's weakness is cake. And so he accidentally eats cake at one point and he's like, oh my God, am I, am I changing? Am I still a black guy? Am I getting real fat? And they're like, no. And he goes, oh, oh, okay. Oh, oh, I get it. My weakness is cake. So like, if I know there's cake, I'm going to have to eat it. I get it. And then he just explodes. explodes. <laughs> Oh God! I did not. I didn't see it coming. I didn't see it at all. And when he starts going through that, oh, I guess it just means my weakness is cake. I was like, yeah, okay, that yeah, that makes sense. That's just all right. Boom! He explodes. <laughs> oh God! Oh man, it really that really got me. I love that. That was my favorite part of the whole movie. Um, I, th I think I liked the first one. The first one? Yeah. With the rock? Yeah. Yeah, you said you did. Oh, okay. Because um, you said something about liking it. Uh, I, I thought you were alluding to that I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, you said but you liked it. Yeah, I liked the first one. But I think I think that might be all I have about it, though. It's definitely fun. It's silly. The first 20 minutes are tough to get through, and the last 10 minutes are tough to get through, because that's when the high school kids all Show come back. Again. You know what? One of the maybe the selling points for the second one is there's there's not a whole lot of time with them. You're, you're in Jumanji pretty quickly. Okay. I think it would have been better, or I would have enjoyed it more if like these kids didn't know each other at all, or I don't know. the The high school dynamic just really didn't work for me. Yeah, where where the, it just it just didn't work. And then everybody just becomes friends again way too easily, which was kind of annoying. Although I did I did like how the nerdy girl decides to not be that nerdy anymore. Like she realizes that she's just kind of being mean to everybody, and then she does her dance fighting, which I think was very funny. But overall, yeah. it was it was good. That, it was entertaining. That gag comes back again in the second one, mm -hmm. and uh, it's done a lot more poorly. Oh, really? Yeah, it's the same thing where it's like it's inappropriate music for action, but I feel like in the first one it still is sort of a good action scene and it's like it's funny and it's it's kind of fun to watch and then the second mm -hmm. one it's just like, oh, maybe this is done by a different director. I don't know. It doesn't quite work. Mm. Well, this movie, as I said, was directed by Jake Kasdan and he certainly has an eye for action. Uh, I don't know anything else this guy has directed, but this movie was competently made and it looks great. Some of the special effects are real bad, but others are fantastic. And you will truly see the comparison between this and Charlie's Angels 2019 when I get to that. That's what we call a teaser. For what it's worth, uh, the second one is also directed by Jake Kasdan. So, okay. Is it the end of this? I think so. I don't oh, think okay. I have anything else about it. <laughs> All yeah. right. Fair enough. Let's see. I will go on to The Purge. 
So, so Nick, what's your what's your relationship with the Purge? I know you said you haven't seen it, but so far, what's your interest or disinterest in the Purge like? What have you heard? What's what's struck you? What hasn't? What have I heard about the Purge? Yeah. Well, I know it's about. I guess it's. Is it the future? Yeah, sort of. Little bit. Um, where like one night a year, there's nothing is illegal, so you can just go ahead and get out all your murder, all the murdering you want. Yeah, you can and, pretty much uh, do whatever you want. I know what's his name is in the first one, Ethan, Ethan, Ethan Hawk, something, Ethan Hawk. Yeah, yeah, he's in it, and I imagine he's just trying to stay alive through the purge. Okay, and, but uh, have you been interested in it? Has it sounded good to you? It's one of those movies that I've always wanted to watch and I just haven't. Okay. And part of the reason that I haven't watched it is because I know I'll have to watch all of them. <laughs> Where do you come up with these rules, man? I'm a completist. <laughs> we should do something about that. Although if it's kept you from watching it, maybe it's for the best. Spoiler alert. Yeah, so I I, I was asking because that's kind of the same thing for me, and, and it was the same thing for Karina, where it's like, I've heard about this movie enough to be kind of curious about it, but never enough to have watched it. So we're just like, all right, fine, we'll watch it. We'll go ahead and just get it out of the way. Yeah, the premise is that. It's it's what you said. For for whatever reason, they're like the the country's, I don't know, slipped into complete disarray. And so it's like, oh, things have gotten so bad and so violent that the country has decided that the best solution to this rather than like taking care of society or even at the like individual level things like therapy you know healing stuff instead of fixing the system or healing people we'll just give them one day a year where they take all their anger and aggression out on each other and just kill each other so ethan hawk is a security system salesman who is doing pretty well because you know security systems in a country where everyone kills each other they live in a rich neighborhood and yeah so that that's the plot i mean obviously you know it's a kind of a horror movie so they get trapped in their house and people are trying to get in the reason people are trying to get in is because the kid in this movie because there's got to be a kid who by the way instead of having asthma is more kind of hypochondriac i think he's supposed to think he's sick whether he is or not uh he's also a little robot kid like he he makes robots and stuff or plays with oh, machinery he, thing he's not a he, child that is a robot he's not, <laughs> no he's not like a ai but it's one of those things where the movie starts out with him and you're like oh god i already hate this kid and he's like look at i made a robot and you're like okay so that's gonna come back in the third act and i guess it comes back in the second act but either way it's just very very you know you can just feel the setup yeah and then so they the kid lets in someone who is be, he's he's a it's seemingly a, a homeless person and uh he's being chased by some teenagers or something so he's like come on let me in somebody help me out and the kid lets him in and then these people want to get in the house to kill this guy because it's their right as white people and it's just this movie sucks <laughs> lena Heedy is the wife now i don't know what your opinion is do you like her as an actor depends on what she's in okay yeah i think that's a lot of people's take on her she's probably the best part of this movie uh she does a good job acting her character's not likable or anything but her acting is decent and that's probably about as good as this movie gets it's just there's there's not much in it that's any good it, it's so on the nose with everything ethan hawk's character is 
sort of, I guess he's supposed to be a good guy, but it's also like, it's very, look at how out of touch he is. And all of the dialogue is awful. It, like I said, it's, it's on the nose. It's just, everything is just so, it's like it's trying to hint at things, but instead it's just spelling it out for you so much that you may as well, like they may as well just be like, look, we're privileged. Look, this idea is bad, but we think it's good. And uh, it's dumb. It's dumb. There are a lot of like Chekhov's guns type of things that like where something's set up and it feels like just hit you over the head with, hey, this is going to be a thing. At the beginning of the movie, the daughter, so there's two parents and, and two kids, daughter and son. Daughter's probably 16, son's probably 12, and the daughter's boyfriend is in the house, and he he's like, hey, I snuck back in before the purge starts. And she's like, oh, okay, and he's like, I'm going to have it out with your father. We're going to finally settle this. And the daughter's like, oh, you're going to have a talk with him about how you're like 25 or something and we're dating and you know, like one of these people's going to kill each other. <laughs> and, and the daughter's like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll let you go talk to him. I'm like, uh, are you supposed to be dumb? What's going on here? Cause clearly he's going to like have a gun on him or something. Spoiler alert. <laughs> It's just it, it. The whole movie's spoiling itself the whole time. It's super predictable. There's someone who dies in it that I guess you might not expect is going to die the whole time, but whatever. The movie does so much to, and this might be the thing that for for all the little issues that in some movies you might allow for it. You know, you might give it the wiggle room. I think the reason it's really hard to give this movie any wiggle room is because it does so many forced things to separate everybody they're in the same house but it must be at least 10 times if not maybe even 20 that they just force them to be separate it's not forced by like occurrences it's just the characters deciding that they need to go in separate rooms that they need to go in different directions and that by doing so they're so far apart that they can't find each other until they need to for other plot contrivance reasons where it's like, why don't they just say, Hey, husband, I'm in here. Or, Hey, family members, daughter, son, meet us in this room. And then, so it's like the whole time, it seems like they can't get to each other. And then at some point it's like, well, we're going to need her to find him right away or him to find her right away. So there they are. And it's just the easiest thing to do, which is fine because it should be the whole time, but because it hasn't been the whole time, it's really annoying. There are also... Yeah, no, that maybe that getting rid of that wouldn't be enough because there's also about a zillion moments in this movie where someone's getting ready to stab someone else or getting ready to shoot someone else and they do the whole like, I'm going to pull the knife back really far before I stab you for dramatic effect in case somebody wants to shoot me before I stab you. Oh, I got shot. And it's, it's just so much of it. And it's so, as far as how it's directed, those moments are so overly long where it's like, man, I feel like you you don't even want to kill this person. You're hoping someone catches you or something. So you, you there's no surprise because you can feel the someone's going to come save you right now-ness of those moments. So bad dialogue, bad plot, bad writing, bad acting through most of it. I know some people like Ethan Hawke. I want to like Ethan Hawke, but I don't think he's a very good actor. And in this movie, he's not good at all. So yeah, this movie sucks. I don't know what the big deal is about it. And I don't know why they have a million sequels. Uh, I mean, I guess if they make money, but 
Yeah, they make money. I think the first one was made real cheap, and it made a bunch of money. Well, that's uh, it's I a mean, Bloomhouse movie, what, right? Uh, you know, it might be. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's their jam, and it is like, uh, hey, everything's pretty much on probably one set, so. There's no reason that it would be very expensive. I don't know how much Ethan Hawke costs at this point. I can't imagine Lena Headey's too expensive. So yeah, I can see the budget being real low. Yeah. But yeah, you know, as far as recommendations go, there's a lot of other better stuff out there. If you want to watch someone get chased around a house, go uh, see um, Ready or Not. Watch that. I mean, that's oh, more right, of a, I forgot about that. It's more of a humor horror movie, but it's still better than this if you want to see something that's pretty intense that's like a home invasion movie i'd say go back to watch the strangers instead of this that's the the one where they're wearing the masks yeah yeah they are wearing masks and i think in this one they're wearing masks too most of the time the main bad guy doesn't wear a mask a lot he has a really creepy mask on at first but then he just takes it off because it has the feel of a movie where you remember in uh spider-man 3 how you're like cool we finally get to see venom and then instead you see topher grace's stupid face the whole time you're like why am i looking at an actor's face instead of venom Mm -hmm. and they're like well because we paid this actor (laughs) we will we want to show you this actor of course you're here to see topher grace not yeah. the character that everybody's wanted to see since like 1992 it feels like that except i have no idea who the bad guy is i'm like i don't recognize this guy from anything and they just he had a creepy ass mask and now he's just never going to use it it doesn't make any sense whatsoever this movie's terrible and i don't get the hype yeah. spoiler alert for other movies i'm still gonna review <laughs> that's that's really disappointing because uh this is a movie that i have wanted to see and I just haven't, because I know it's not going to be good, but they've made so many sequels. So the first one's got to be pretty good. And I heard good things about it when it first came out, and I just n- never got around to it. And then there's an episode of Rick and Morty where they do like a purge planet thing, uh-huh. where they go like a planet where it's the purge. And that's a really f- great episode. And I was like, I bet this is all I need from the purge. I bet I don't need any more. Based on what you have said, that it that's true. Yeah, yeah. Like that episode of Rick and Morty is probably way better than this actual movie. Yeah, you know, it, it, when when it came to writing down the good, I was like, well, there's Lena Headey and the premise, <laughs> but but it's not. It, it's one of those things where it's like this might have been a good thing if it was done by. If it was just a whole different movie, you know, done by different people. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, it's like, it's like, okay, well, that's an interesting idea. But even because everything's so on the nose and stupid, the way it's set up, it's like, oh, well, this it's not even a good premise in this movie. Because they don't do a very good job of explaining it or anything. It's just like the exposition's done in such a way. They'd probably do better to not explain it. And just have a couple hints so you have to put it together on your own. Because when you say back in, you know, 2011 or whatever, things were getting out of hand. So the purge was put together so that, you know, and, and you just spell it out like it's spelled out sort of like on the news and you're just getting it all at once. And it's like this is if even if it's an interesting idea, it's still a dumb idea. It's a stupid solution. It's not something that should or would happen. And therefore, you need to introduce it in a way that leaves people to fill it in in their own minds because they'll have to come up with a way themselves that makes sense to themselves. And Mm -hmm. so instead of doing that, they're just like, here's how it happened. And you're like, well, that's dumb. This is a stupid idea. So screw you, movie. I don't (laughs) like you. Nick, what else did you watch? Charlie's Angels from 2019. This movie is directed by Elizabeth Banks. 
It stars Kristen Stewart, Naomi Scott, and Ellen Balinska. Patrick Stewart is in this movie, and so is Elizabeth Banks. And then every generic version of much more famous people are in this. You've got... I got to pull up the pictures. Is this Elizabeth Banks' debut as a director? No, she also directed Pitch Perfect 2, which I didn't, which I didn't see. But this is her first time directing like an action movie. And it's terrible. It's really, really bad. And it's just awful. It's unwatchable. I, I hated this movie. <laughs> I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. It was the worst. My wife also hated it. Like 10 minutes into it, my wife was like, we can turn this off if you want. And then I was like, no, nah, we're committed now. We got to finish this. <laughs> so basically, this movie is a sequel to the entire Charlie's Angels saga. So like there was the you mean show those in the two s- other movies. Well, also the show in the 70s. Oh, really? And then the Cameron Diaz movie movies happen, and then this movie happens. So this is just like a sequel to all of that. Are they supposed and to be the same characters? No. The, the angels are part of this... Oh, it's an anthology. They're, they're, they all just work for different departments or, or agency. Like they all work for this group called the Townsend Agency or something. And if you're a beautiful woman, you're a super spy and you, you work for the angels. And that's, and that's basically it. Every, everyone's a spy. So Naomi Scott is like a computer nerd and she works for some company and they've invented They've invented a MacGuffin that is either the secret to infinite clean energy or the world's greatest secret murder weapon. Ah, oh, yeah. It just depends on what setting you hit. You you put it on exactly. And so she is like one of the head designers on this thing, and she goes to have a meeting with one of her bosses to say, "Hey, you know this thing's like a secret murder weapon. Um, I'd like to stop that before we start selling this thing next week." And the boss is like, "Um, we're we're just gonna go ahead with it." And she's like, "Oh, but it's a secret murder weapon." And he goes, "Not for long, though." And she's like, "Oh, okay." And then this this guy who's like the generic version of Seth Meyers and some other guy who I can't remember, but he looks like if Seth Meyers and this other guy had a baby. It'd be more funny if I could think of the actual name. So generic Seth Meyers steals these things and is going to sell them to terrorists. And then that's your plot. So the computer nerd gets wrapped up in this scam. She tries to blow the whistle to the Charlie's Angels people for some reason. She knows they exist. And then this whole thing starts. There's an assassin waiting for her. And, oh, she's there with Dijman Hounsou. Uh, He plays one of the Bosleys. And because in this movie, Bosley is a rank that you achieve. Oh, I see. So Elizabeth Banks is Bosley, Patrick Stewart is Bosley, and Dijman Hansu is Bosley. Also, Michael Strahan is Bosley, and about 15 other people are Bosleys. So she's at this meeting with Bosley, the Dijman Hansu Bosley, okay, and the the love child of Robert Patrick and Joseph Gordon-Levitt is there as an assassin, <laughs> and he proceeds to try to kill everyone in this cafe that they're meeting at and it's at this point you realize that your two main characters uh who are Kristen stewart and the other one ella balinska are just the worst secret agents ever 
They're just they're just terrible, terrible, terrible at their like, job. Is that a joke? Like a joke of the movie? Is that like, look, these guys are actually bad? No, I don't think the movie realizes that they're bad. Oh, at their okay. Job. They're just approaching things in really stupid ways. Yeah, like the the one girl notices that this assassin is there and he's getting ready to attack them. And so she engages with the Robert Patrick robot man and Kristen Stewart is across the street doing surveillance of them, like just like Overwatch kind of thing. And all hell starts to break loose and Kristen Stewart's like, all right, I'm on my way. And then she has to run down 30 floors of steps to get to the building across the street to help. Rather than like a zipline or something? Yeah, like where's the zipline? And the like the stairway has like this whole, like you could just, like Batman would just jump off of it and land on the car at the bottom of the stairs. You know, like it's got that big hole. Yeah. In the center of the stairs. And they don't do anything. Like, they literally show her running down the steps for 30 floors. And when she gets out, the bad guy is getting away in his supercar. And then she has to, like, steal a motorcycle or something. It's just so really bad. It'd be faster if she took an elevator. Yeah, it would have. Like, I mean, they show her running down these steps like it's her only option. But there's, but there's, they don't. Where's her parachute so that she could just jump to the ground? Where's her super, where's, like, the impact cushion so she could just jump off a building? Oh, she's just gonna run down the steps. So it's kind of like it's kind of like that's what if dangerous. what if what if an action movie were just real life? <laughs> <laughs> and then, meanwhile, while she's running down these steps, the other girl is fighting the T one thousand, and she's just like sliding all over the floor. Like she will, she like kick her foot against the wall and then just slide across the floor like it's made of ice. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. And then it just gets worse from there. It just gets worse. There are a few good moments. Kristen Stewart is okay in this movie. She's kind of the kind of the brightest spot. The girl who plays the computer nerd is good. The British girl is not very good. I didn't really care for her. But like like we've said in the past, Kristen Stewart has like this trashy kind of hotness about her. And in this movie, it's really on display. Like in this movie, she just looks like she reeks of cigarettes. I don't know if she smokes, but she looks like she reeks of cigarettes. And her hair is filled with really old gel. Really, you know, like when you when you touch like your old gel. I used to have hair, and when you would touch your gelled hair and it was old, it was like powdery in your hand. It's all gross. Uh, like it kind of flake off. Yeah, that's what her hair looks like the whole time. Like because her hair doesn't move at all, and when they're not wearing wigs, and it just looks over bleached and stiff and like straw. It's just so she looks just so unpleasant. But she does have this trashy attractiveness to her that I enjoy. So, well, you know, that. you know, at least, for, at least, for, at least for my own part, because I I'd brought that up uh, or, or noticed it or whatever on my side with the uh, underwater movie, mm-hmm. and and I don't know if it's as much like attraction or not, but like it feels like she's. There are certain movies that in which she's almost being used as more of like a mannequin for like a design project where it's like hey we're you know like i've got uh, like a program on my ipad or something where i I, i'm gonna do fashion design and i'm gonna take this outline and sort of sketch all over it and come up with different designs of what a character might look like and like Kristen stewart's got there's a there's a sort of a character design that really she was kind of meant for like they go together well and it's like this kind of dark eye makeup white hair blonde hair kind of thing that it's kind of gothy 
I don't know, but mm-hmm. but it's like she draws out a, a specific sort of style very well, and it's it yeah. sounded like it was a similar design in this, and and I don't that's not really a comment commentary on her on her actor a comment on her acting it or her abilities but it's just visually something that I've, i don't know that i've noticed with many other people where i'm like oh wow that person really looks like that style <laughs> you know mm, yeah uh, i mean unless I we're talking about the rock again, and it's like the rock <laughs> does a really good job of being a big muscly cool dude <laughs> Kristen Stewart makes a a very good I don't know like it's a specific kind of goth like a like a popular goth or something. Yeah. One thing that this movie doesn't really I, I feel like this movie has a real difficult time with tone. It doesn't know what kind of a movie it wants to be. It seems like it wants to be kind of lighthearted and silly, mm-hmm. but also at the same time violent, but it's afraid to be violent. If if that makes sense, like there there are a few moments where where horrible like this one dude gets crushed to death in a rock crusher out of nowhere. Like she, like Kristen Stewart and this guy are inside a rock crusher, and she's like, "I need to get out of here." And so like she gets rescued at the last second, and then this guy who she's fighting gets trapped in there, and he gets crushed to death in this rock crusher, and it's pretty gross and awesome. And you're like, "Wow, this movie needs more of this." Like more where it like, gets like heavy. Not heavy, but like graphic violence, and then, but also like comedic about it. Like the tone of the movie, where it's like these girls carry around tranquilizer darts and handguns at the same time. So it's like, we're just going to tranquilize people. Oh, now we have to shoot them. Like rather than just being assassins or something, their, their first goal is not to kill anyone. And then the minute things don't go their way, it's kill everyone. Is it PG-13? Rather than, I probably, yeah, totally, PG-13. And so like, there's like a few moments where it should just be, it should either just be these girls are completely incompetent. And, and like, that's the gag of the whole movie is that despite how terrible they are at their jobs, they always succeed. And that's like the fun of the movie, but it it's not, it's like, they're terrible at their job, but they don't. <laughs> It's like only I realize they're really bad at what they're doing. And <laughs> okay. and they and everyone they and everyone in the movies like you're the best. You're the best fighting agents we've ever had. <laughs> and you're just like this girl's terrible. Like that at one point the one British girl is fighting the T1000 and he has beaten the shit out of her like two times previously. Like so this is the third time they fought and she goes like the last two times we fought you didn't defeat me. I was learning. And I was just like no no, he beat you. He beat you so many times. The fact that you're fighting him again right now is a total coincidence. Like, there's no reason you should have ever fought him again. He he beat you fair and square every time. And you're winning right now because it's the end of the movie. And it's it's just so bad. I would have liked makes the movie. It un- unbelievable that they're actually succeeding. Yes. And the action and the fight sequences are... I, I, are mediocre. So like Elizabeth Banks is the director of this movie. And if, if I didn't know it was Elizabeth Banks directing it, I'm not sure I would have noticed it, but it's, it's, it definitely is not really well made. The beginning of the movie is unbelievably heavy handed with its girl power theme. The first, after the cold open of the movie, there's like this musical montage of just women achieving things. And my wife goes, Wow, that is really on the nose, isn't it? <laughs> it's just like, it's, and the song is about how great women are. And uh, don't get me wrong, women are pretty great, but it's, it felt 
an awful lot like in Captain Marvel when No Doubts I'm Just a Girl starts playing. I was just like, about to ask if it was in there at all. That song does not play, but it's just like that, where gotcha. you're like, okay, I get it. I get it. And then the rest of the movie is like that, too, where it's just like every possible cli- female movie cliche is in this. Like at one point, the, the British girl is supposed to be very stoic and she never shows emotion or anything. And then at some point... Kristen Stewart almost dies and she starts crying and Kristen Stewart wakes up and she's like, why are you crying? And then they're like, oh, because I just realized we're the best friends forever and we've known each other for like 40 hours and we're going to be best friends. And it's like, oh, God, you two, you hate each other. Like you're, you're forced into this situation. Just hate each other. Like it's just everything in the movie is just so unearned. There's a double cross and then there's a triple cross. Like the, 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 there's so many plot twists in this movie. And, 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 and the only reason that there are so many plot twists, I think is because five minutes into the movie, you're like, Oh, I, I bet this guy is the bad guy. And then you go, Oh, he's not the bad guy. And then you go, nah, I bet he's still the bad guy. And you're like, uh, okay. Were you bored? watching oh this? very much bored. okay because i was gonna say it sounds like you're bored as hell watching this movie i yeah. am not gonna see this yeah it's it was not fun it i did not enjoy this aside from a couple of good moments here and there not good and when i say like there's like a generic michael fassbender there's a generic mark ruffalo to the point where the mark ruffalo guy even sounds like mark ruffalo and it's mind-numbing how bad this movie was it's really bad and it's 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 all tone like i think that there's there's a good concept in here and the movie and the and the script and the filmmakers just did not know what kind of a movie they wanted to make like i think if they just went for a straight like violent comedy kind of a thing or like like you're going to talk about demolition man like a little bit like that where it's just over the top everything's over the top rather than going for this realistic kind of action movie or spy movie it would have worked a lot better but instead you get this this mess this tonal mess and it is just a disaster. And then I got pissed off watching this because I remember like when the movie first came out, it was a total bomb. And Elizabeth Banks was complaining about it on the news or whatever, where she's like, people just don't want to watch a female action movie. And that's because people are sexist and blah, blah, blah. That's why Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel did so well. Exactly. And I was just kind of like, oh, this is like that same argument for that Ghostbusters 2016, the, the female Ghostbusters movie, where they're like, oh, you don't want to see this just because it's women and i'm like no i don't want to see it because it looks terrible yeah and this movie i like when i saw the trailer for it i was like this looks kind of fun i i'm interested in seeing that and it's not good it is not good and elizabeth banks should apologize she should be like yeah it was a real misfire we we tried something and it didn't work out and i'm sorry that i blamed people for not liking my movie well and the reason it's not the first charlie's angels is because there were two two other movies it's not like nobody saw the first one you know like uh, people aren't opposed to it on some sort of principle where they're like yeah we just hate women this isn't the first one it's not like this is the first time you've tried this experiment you've done it before and people went to the theater i don't know if they saw the sequel but they saw the first one so clearly they're not just not going because they're opposed to the idea yeah 
Oh, and I should also add that I haven't seen any of the other Charlie's Angel stuff. Like, I think I've seen part of the, the second movie, the Full Throttle movie. I think I saw part of that, but I never watched the TV show in the 70s or any of the other movies. So I, I don't that, really have a basis at all. So I've heard that what works in the first one doesn't work in the second one. And I saw the first one. I don't think I enjoyed it very much. I didn't walk away nearly as upset as it seems like you are with this. Like, I didn't walk away going like, God, I want my two hours back. I think it was kind of dumb. That, that that might be all I can say about it. But, but people went to see it, you know? So you can't just automatically say people don't want to see these movies. It's like, no, you, you, you may have not made a good one. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, I think that's all I got on Charlie's okay. Angels. All right. I just realized that I saw a movie that I didn't put on my list, but what? it's a movie. I, it's a movie I've reviewed before, so I won't get into it too much. I saw Knives Out. Okay. Uh, oh, you watched that again? Yeah, I uh, watched it with Karina and her mom, and I, I think I liked this movie even more the second time. So if you've seen Knives Out and you enjoyed it, and you're wondering if you might enjoy it the second time, I think you will because you you know how it comes together and it make seeing it again like kind of a whole different experience so check it out again and if you haven't seen it to begin with definitely check it out on to frozen all right right. so here's a movie that a lot of people like not that it has much else in common with the purge (laughs) but one thing that i came away from this movie with was i don't really get it i don't get why people like it so much uh (laughs) maybe I don't I don't see anything about this movie that made it special at all. It doesn't stand out. I guess uh, my my best guess is people just love that song, Let It Go, so much that it just like got in their bones and they're like I can't I can't let this go. It's great. And I'm like, "No. No. This this could have been if you were to go, "Hey, this is a um who is it that's not Pixar? DreamWorks." If you were like, this is a DreamWorks movie, I'd be like, okay, that's fine. I can believe it. Pretty, but I'm not even really going to get into plot a whole lot. So, uh, and I don't really think there is much of one. So, I don't know. I I guess at the very basic, there are two girls. One has ice power. She's dangerous. They lock her away. She comes out. She's dangerous. She leaves. She comes back. Neither of the characters get any time to really have any personality. You've got a lot of people in this movie. There's like, there are two guys, there are two girls. You get a little bit of each one. I feel like everybody in the movie, you just get a little bit of, I don't know what the hook is. I don't know why people like Elsa so much. I don't know if they even like her sister. At some point, kind of early in the movie, Karina was like, there's like another girl in this. <laughs> like, I didn't even know there was, I thought there was one character in this whole movie. I'm like, yeah, I guess you don't hear much about her. Let's find out. Yeah, no, there's not much to either of them. I will say this. There were some characters that I, when they were on screen, I did enjoy them. There's a reindeer. It doesn't talk, literally doesn't have any lines, but it's kind of pleasant. It's interactions with its owner. Kristoff are kind of, I don't know, good enough. Kristoff's fine. And Olaf, the snowman, who I was really, really prepared to hate, I actually really enjoyed. I was like, this snowman's the best part of this whole movie. He's got good lines that that whoever, if it were if it was different writers involved in this movie, whoever wrote his part did a good job, and the performance is fun. So, so that's definitely a highlight. I do feel like the movie gets better as it goes along. 
like by the end i was like okay all right i'm i'm kind of interested in something <laughs> what's going on feels like too much but i'm kind of interested in something maybe i just want to see more of this snowman the snowman thinks that he likes heat and it's funny he's like can't wait to i can't wait to do what frozen things do when there's warmth i can't wait to experience warmth it's gonna be great and i'm like he's excited about summer yeah and it's it's funny it's really funny i felt like this movie had a lot more music and you you have kids so you probably are more tuned into this than i am but like i i I, maybe because i haven't seen much disney stuff in a while i'm like i did not expect songs to pop up as frequently as they do this movie is a lot more music than I thought. I didn't think any of it was very good. I get that Let It Go is kind of catchy, but they're just... I found the the soundtrack just kind of underwhelming. Uh, the Olaf songs were funny, so so I don't have any problem with them. But for the first 40 minutes of this movie, I was just bored. And there are a lot of like stupid contrivances that I feel like people are going to brush off because it's a kid's movie. So they just go, oh, well, whatever. It's a kid's movie. And... That's fine. But I mean, there are kids movies. There are Disney movies that have good plots. I mean, Pixar movies are great and they're, they're for kids. So there's the good and the bad, the weird. Uh, I think the weird, there are two things that were weird to me about this. One is that it's as popular as it is. And the other one is this tribal music. For some reason, this movie starts and ends with music that sounds like it's maybe African music. And there's nothing African about this movie whatsoever. So, or, or, or maybe, maybe some version of like a Bahaman tribal music. I don't know, but it, it doesn't fit because it's, this whole movie is very Scandinavian and this music is not. And I'm like, why is this here? What is going on? I feel like as the movie's starting, I'm getting prepared to watch a completely different movie. And then once it's over, I'm like, okay, well, I guess now we're doing Scandinavian stuff. And then at the end, it comes back in and I'm like, what are you doing? Why? Why is this here? So yeah, that's Frozen. I don't get it. That's my review. Okay. <laughs> that's- <laughs> uh, I like Frozen. I yeah. like it a lot. I think it's very entertaining. I like the songs. I think the songs in it are just great. And, and that's one of the things I like about the the whole thing is that all of the songs are pretty entertaining. Like none of there's like I don't You're think wrong. songs. <laughs> I don't think there's any songs where I'm like, oh, please end. Like I think all the songs are fun, and of course I've heard them all a million times now. But like the the songs in this movie are so much better than the ones in the second one, and well, like not they're they're one. fun. I really like the Kristen Bell character the the anna the redhead i definitely liked her more she's the main character of the movie and and elsa is the villain like i know that hans is the guy they make the villain but elsa's the real antagonist i don't think that's true Uh, i mean she's not she's not particularly i don't know patient i guess with her with the situation, but she's basically like, I'm going to run away. Cause I've been around you twice. And both times I zapped you with ice. So I should probably get away. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Go. Yeah. But she's also responsible for the deaths of hundreds of, or possibly thousands of people because it's the middle of summer and she brings on this winter and there's just people out, you know, like there's people out who are, who are going to die of exposure, but that's why she's leaving. She's like, I should not be I mean, around you, people. So she made a mistake. Are, I don't know that makes her a, a, a antagonist. 
There's nothing well, like she also, there's no there's no ill intent or anything. There's nothing that's that's an evil motivation. She's just a she's an X Man who doesn't have a Professor Xavier. Well, and then well, like Anna goes to find but she her, doesn't, but she doesn't turn like, Magneto. She's just like, ah, I gotta get away, stay well, away. Anna goes to find her to be like, hey, I need you to turn off this winter. You can live out here by yourself. But but she that's fine. I'd she doesn't love to know how. You. But she doesn't. But know if you how. could turn this off, and then she's like, oh, I don't know how. You gotta go. I'm gonna shoot you, and then I'm also gonna unleash this giant monster on you. She's she's Harry from Harry and the Hendersons, except she's the one deciding to exile herself. For the sake of people. Well, she doesn't get to do that. I don't care enough to continue this debate. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen this movie so many times to not keep talking about it. I'm going to watch it this week again so I can talk about it next week. Ugh. All right. So what else you got? <laughs> I've got Demolition Man. Oh, right. So it's been a while since I've seen Demolition Man. And I thought I really Need a liked maniac this. to catch a maniac. Uh, I thought I really liked this movie and I was getting a little nervous because there's been this debate with me and Karina about like watching movies I've seen before. Because when we go out to try to find something we haven't seen that we can both watch for the first time, it's not always good. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. so, and and there are movies that I'm like, if you haven't seen this, you really should. And usually I'm right. We'll watch it and be like, yeah, that's still good. Demolition Man, when we finally got around to watching it, I was like, now I'm getting a little nervous. What if it's not as good as I remember? This movie is even better than I remember. <laughs> I, I love this movie. The good is like almost everything. It's definitely... It's, you know, Demolition Man, you can talk about like 90s action and stuff, and there's a certain vibe that you're talking about. You know, it's sort of over the top. It's kind of corny. It's violent. And I think that's that's a, that's a pretty good vibe for just saying, I'm watching a 90s action movie. But it doesn't mean all of them are good. And there are other movies where I'd go like, okay, that's a 90s action movie, but it's not really that fulfilling. This is just the peak. It's it's absolutely mm-hmm. exactly that '90s action feel, and it's just everything that that could offer. This does so well. The characters, I mean, it's not sophisticated. It's not, it's not saying a whole lot. But at the same time, some of the, the one of the things that you know I jotted down in the weird is like this movie's accuracy in 2020. Watching Demolition Man is weird because it makes all these references to stuff that's like, oh, that happened. Oh yeah, that is a real situation. <laughs> even even at some point they're like something about the Schwarzenegger files and Sylvester Stallone's like what the what? <laughs> they're like, "Oh yeah, he was a president." And I'm like, "He became a governor." <laughs> <laughs> it happened. Yeah, he couldn't be the president, but still. I never realized this before. Okay, well, yeah, here's the plot for for anyone who hasn't seen it. The plot is You've got two guys. The 90s are going haywire. There's tons of wild violence going on. And there are these two guys that you see are butting heads. It's the, the good uh, guy and the bad guy going against each other. It's the far off future of 1997, right? I think so, yeah. And and especially in like the Los Angeles area, it's it's all guns, all bullets, explosions and stuff. And you've got Wesley Snipes playing Simon Phoenix, who's just, he's basically the Joker, and then you've got Sylvester Stallone playing John Spartan, who kind of is like the, the cop version of Batman. He's just like, yeah, I just go in and get the bad guy and, and that's it. Uh, I get Simon Phoenix. And, he, and he's like, you, 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 uh, send, what is it? 
Send a maniac to catch a maniac. maniac. Yeah. So so you see that happening at the beginning of the movie. Simon Phoenix gets caught, so he gets imprisoned. But, like, imprisonment is this, like, cryo-freeze thing, and you're, like, trapped in there for decades. He sort of, in the midst of this action scene at the beginning, sort of frames John Spartan for the deaths of all these people that he actually killed himself. And then, uh, so he And everyone takes Simon Phoenix's word for it. <laughs> Basically, yeah, it's it's dumb. And then, uh, and so John Spartan is frozen too. And so then, boom, it's the future. And it's like 2032. And they both get unfrozen. Well, Simon Simon Phoenix gets unfrozen, starts wreaking havoc. And so they unfreeze John Spartan to help catch him. And it's hilarious because you see the police responding to this murderous maniac going around killing everybody. And they're like, oh, my God, <laughs> murder. Oh, because also in the, in the future, crime is no longer a problem. Right. We haven't had one of those in eight years yeah. or 12, maybe it was 12 years, but it's like, they're, they're all like, well, how do you even do that? What do we do? And there's like the cops try to approach Simon Phoenix and they've got a little walkie talkie thing, like a little like Siri, basically. That's like, here is how you talk to someone to try to stop them from doing crimes. Um, the suspect. And it's funny. And Sylvester Stallone's doing his old thing, and and he's fine in it. Sandra Bullock is is just incredibly adorable in this movie, and you know this is one of her early roles, and she's just so she's just got so much energy, and she like she's sort of your your avatar for the movie because you're getting to experience these badass guys coming in and wrecking the place, and she's like ah. Oh! This is so interesting. Benjamin Bratt's in this too. I don't really have much to say about it. <laughs> yeah. Dennis Leary's in this doing his thing. It's it, so he's got this like, you know, real 90s feel it's of like, like 10 minutes of Dennis Leary stand up. Yeah, he's just he just goes on his old rants and I'm like, "Oh, he yeah." He just starts singing I'm an asshole. I remember MTV, <laughs> you know. Now that's all that's that's really most of what I have to say about this. Now there's there's something that's I don't have much to say about it in terms of there being anything bad. The I have something else for the weird though. And I want to ask you. So so Nick, mm-hmm. at some point John Spartan, he he quote unquote saved some people and so he's invited to have dinner somewhere. And he's like, yeah, so uh, this guy uh, just saved everybody. And I guess that now he's going to take me out to dinner at place. Where Taco where? Bell? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He, he goes, he goes, so I guess I get to eat at Taco Bell. Okay. Well, Taco Bell won the, the franchise, the franchise wars. wars. But yeah. here's the thing. When you get around to watching this now, I don't know. I don't know if this is the same on every medium. But oh, yeah. Let me, let me ask you one more question about this. How many times do you think they say Taco Bell in this movie? Just, oh, just they try say to remember it, how many times because it like like what it feels like is is right too. a lot like because it's the only restaurant. OK, I didn't think they said it that many times. I thought it was just like, OK, you know what? We're going to Taco Bell. That's the joke. You hear it once. They go there. Maybe you hear it again because they're there. I'll tell you what will bring your attention, especially if you've seen this movie a lot because you're used to the Taco Bell thing so much so that mm-hmm. it would sound very wrong if it was anything but Taco Bell. And all of a sudden, it's Pizza Hut. It is. What is that about? Why? And they and they say that's Pizza the, uh, Hut nine hundred times. That's the international version of the movie. In the international version, they use Pizza Hut because Taco Bell wasn't a big franchise outside of the United States in the nineties. Oh, 
okay, okay. Because I was like, aren't these both owned by Yum Brands? Why would they even change it? And then I'm like, holy cow. I didn't realize how many times they said so. I want to go back and hear how many times I heard Taco Bell and got brainwashed into eating a taco. Because once you hear it and it's wrong, you're like, Pizza Hut. They say Pizza Hut a thousand times and every time it sounds wrong. And then you can <laughs> see it. Like I'm like, wow, I didn't realize there was even a sign on the on the wall behind them in this scene. But when it's Pizza Hut, it just jumps right out at you because it's supposed uh-huh. to be Taco Bell. It was the weirdest thing. I I I, I was watching it with Karina and, and she, you know, like I said, she hadn't seen it before. But every time they say it, I'm just like, uh, when it first happened, I was like, wait, we got to pause this. I got to, <laughs> I got to process this. Something's not right here. <laughs> oh, but that just threw me off completely. And then every time yeah. they said it, I'm like, this isn't right. <laughs> you're, you're seeing it wrong. It's supposed to be Taco Bell. But that explains, that explains why it's the right voices though. Cause if they recorded or if they, they dubbed it back in the day for international audiences that because i was kind of wondering i'm like i either someone's doing a very good impression of sandra bullock or you know sylvester stallone or they got them on the phone to record this but if they recorded it at the time that makes a lot more sense it looks yeah, completely wrong because you can them. totally see their mouths not saying yeah. pizza hut my favorite fan theory about the movie is that Sandra Bullock is Stallone's daughter. Yeah, I know it's gross. Well, you know, and 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 that did kind of stand out to me this time, where I'm like, yeah, they really like as soon as he said something about his daughter, I was like, I remember thinking, what's going to happen with this plot, and 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 then I was like, I don't think this ever gets wrapped up, and then it doesn't. <laughs> and this time watching it, I was like, man, they really just they could have just not had him have a daughter. Yeah, they should have just not had one. Yeah, because now, because then you wouldn't even have to think about it. Yeah, yeah, and it does. I, I mean, I could. It, it's a gross theory, but I could see where you'd be like, "Oh, well, then she'll she'll be his daughter," because they have these things in common, and yeah. she and the, is half his age. Mind bang so each other. Why not? Yeah. Oh man. Oh, uh, I love Demolition Man. It's, it's so it's much wonderful. fun. It's so, it's so much, much fun. fun. Yeah. God, if you haven't seen it in a long time, don't be too afraid to go back. Yeah, it holds up. Like, I mean, it's bad, but it's fun. But, you know, with all the things that are in it that are actually on point, it actually has, it's not even that it holds up. It seems smarter and more intuitive. Oh, you know what? Another thing, too, that I don't know that I've ever noticed before watching it is just, you know, like I was saying in the other movie that they, uh, they in The Purge, that they have these, like, Chekhov's gun kind of things where they'll set something up. But in that movie, it's done really poorly. In this movie, it's done really well. Like, you get to see these little robot things pop out of the ground, and you're like, what are those about? And then, you you know, since you know it, if you've seen it before, you're like, oh, that's Edgar Friendly's, you know, people taking a peek on things. It's It's sort of like a periscope. But there are lots and lots of little things in this movie, little background jokes. One thing that I've always loved is when people curse, you hear the machine in the background be like, you are fined one credit for breaking the moral code of linguistics or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that just happens throughout the entire movie. <laughs> and it's it doesn't draw a lot of attention to itself, but it's always there where it would be. Like They can curse outside and it's not really a problem. But anytime they're in a building and they curse, if you're paying attention you hear the machine go off in the background 
charging them a fine. And there are just lots and lots of little things built in where I'm like, you know, whoever whoever put this together, you know, the director, you know, and, and whoever else was involved in, in producing it, they really, I think they cared, you know, there's because there's so much little stuff built in there. I'm like, oh, this movie has a lot a lot more to offer in those little details than than I think I probably realized before. And I, I really enjoyed it. Awesome. So, yeah. Kudos to the Demolition Man people. Well, just talking about it makes me want to watch it again. Like, that's a fun-ass movie. Yeah, do it. You, you, God, you're not going to regret <laughs> it. That Pizza Man thing, or Pizza Hut thing, is weird. Did you ever Did you ever hear this version yourself? I don't think so. Oh, man. You, you're not prepared, even with me telling you. <laughs> like you're going to realize how many times they must have said Taco Bell because it is, it's a punch to the face each time. That's funny. All right. Well, I guess it's time for our movie rankings list. Hey, and wait. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, we've only been doing this thing for a couple of weeks. So when I, I can actually review knives out with numbers since I didn't do it. That's the first true. Time. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Uh, listeners, um, if you feel like getting the, the longer, spiel on that just go back a few episodes because it was in the theater not that long ago it's true all right so starting with book smart i think you're gonna give this movie a two and a half okay so what do you have for plot for book smart i'm gonna give the the plot or the story a two really not much to it well no i guess this enjoys the idea or, or this includes the idea of it too i'll give it two and a half acting is good enough i'll give the act there really isn't there really aren't like flaws in acting so i'll I'll give it a it's not really demanding much of people either so eh, the two characters are pretty good with chemistry see it's hard because i don't like the writing but as far as the performance goes i'm gonna give it a four i think they do they do do a good job pacing i definitely wanted it to be over two and a half on pacing aesthetics i i mean there wasn't anything terrible going on there wasn't anything good in particular going on either so i'm gonna give it a two and then enjoyment wise uh, i'm gonna give it a 2.5 it did make me laugh out loud a few times so that's that's gotta get some credit for that all right next up hocus pocus i think (laughs) you're gonna give this movie a I i also think you're gonna give this movie a two and a half okay Story-wise, it's really, really low. <laughs> it's really <laughs> low on on plot or purpose. So I'm going to give the story a two. The acting, it seems like the people are having fun. I can't say I'm having a lot of fun, so I'm going to give the acting also a two. <laughs> the, the pacing was completely monotone. It was very flat in terms of like rising and falling dynamics or anything so i'm gonna give it a two (laughs) the aesthetics it's not great to look at so i'm gonna give it a two (laughs) (laughs) the enjoyment was very middle of the road so i'm gonna give it a 2.5 oh okay no you know what i'm gonna give it a three because it does have a certain charm to it Uh, all right next up is the purge and i think you're gonna give this a 1.5 okay the story. So I want to give it some credit for the premise, but the premise is only good if it's if you do something with it that's good. I'm going to give it a one, and it would get a point five, except for that you know, like I said, there's 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 a death in it that I wasn't sure was going to happen, so that gets an extra half credit. 
Acting is the only credit this gets for acting is all from Lena Headey. So she brings it from a zero to a two. Oh, wow. Pacing this. Oh, man, I wish I could remember how Karina said because she said something about like uh, she said something about the pacing that I was like, man, that is dead on. Like maybe we were like in a, a half hour into it. And she's like, I feel like we've watched an hour, something like that. It's it's not good. So I'm going to give it a, a 1.5 on pacing aesthetics. Not very noticeable. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's not here. It's boring. So I'm going to give it a it doesn't look awful, though. So I'll give it like a it, it does look cheap, though. I'm going to give it a 1.5 on aesthetics and enjoyment. I am going to give it a two seems a little generous, but I'm going to give it a two. All right. Next up is frozen. I think you are going to give this movie a two. Okay. Story wise, ugh, man, this is, it's, it's weird. Cause it, by the end I was starting to like feel a little more interested than the beginning. I'm going to give the story a two acting. Hmm. I don't think people had a lot to work with, but I don't feel like anyone was doing a bad job as far as performance go. Olaf definitely gets like some some points for that. The performances, although I don't think the music's good, I think the voicing was fine. Um, that like the singing was good. So acting, I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a four. Wow. Okay. Credit where it's due. Pacing. Well, I mean, it went in a good direction rather than a bad direction. So three aesthetics i do think that it's a good looking movie i i I mean as far as like the animation goes i got no complaints there so aesthetics i'm gonna give it a four and a half and enjoyment i will give it oh it's so polarizing because it did like olaf (laughs) stupid snowman i was so ready to hate the snowman i'm gonna give it a two and a half all right knives out i guess you're gonna give this movie a four okay story Knives Out. Huh, this is interesting because I think the first time around I probably would have given it like a four because there were some things that I, I did, didn't did think were quite as good as they could have been. But knowing where it's going and seeing it this time, like there were a couple things throughout the movie where like Karina made a comment here or there that's like, oh, well, that that's kind of dumb. And I'm like, oh, you know what? That does look kind of dumb. But since I know what happens, it actually makes more sense. So I'm going to give it a four and a half for story. Acting. I think everybody does a good job acting in this movie. I'm going to give that a four and a half too. 4.52. Yeah, exactly. Pacing. I will give it a four. Yeah, four. four. Aesthetics. Man, I don't know if I if I really noticed it as much the first time, but this movie's gorgeous. So I'm going to give it a four and a half on the aesthetics and I'm going to give it a five on enjoyment. Wow. Okay. Like in the upper echelons of your final ratings. That is, that is fine with me. Finally, we've got Demolition Man for you. And I think you're going to give this movie a four. Okay. Story. I am going to give Demolition Man a (laughs) 4.5. It's simple, but it's, 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 it's what it should be, man. There's, there's nothing wrong with how this movie's plotted out. The acting is, it's perfect. Like, I mean, like, I, I don't, it's not the sort of like, it's not like these are extremely challenging, you know, like Oscar worthy type roles. But like, if you give someone uh, a stick and they do amazing things with it, it's still a stick, but they're doing everything they can with it. And that's kind of how this is. So like acting's really good. I'm going to give it a four. Okay. Pacing is, I don't even know if there are any lulls. I think pacing is probably a four and a half. Wow. 
aesthetics. Boy, it's hard to say, you know, because it's like it's it's 90s. You know, actually, there's even a part where there's like lightning and stuff going on. And I'm like, well, it doesn't look like it's drawn on. It would look different these days because of CGI and stuff. But for the time yeah, and how it looks now, I'm going to give the aesthetics a four and I'm going to give the enjoyment a 4.5. Wow. All right. So that is... Those are your numbers for the week, and we'll figure out what those are once the computer finishes adding them up. On to my list. Yes. I saw Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. What do you think I'm going to give that? I think you're going to give it a 3.5. All right, so plot for this movie, I'm going to give this movie a 3 for the plot. Like, it's pretty basic, but like once you get to the jungle, it becomes a lot of fun. Acting, I think it gets a 4. And, and and that's not the teenagers at all. It's the, the teenagers who are all in their 30s. Yeah. Um, uh, but like The Rock and Jack Black is great. Uh, Kevin Hart's very good. And, and Karen, like your main cast is it's, they're just terrific. Yeah. And so it, it gets a four. Pacing, I'm going to give it a two and a half. It does drag here and there. And it's pretty long. Like I, it felt its length. Mm-hmm. Um, like I wasn't really bored, but like after a few times I was like, come on the, the whole, uh, bad guy of the movie, like the evil bug man. Yeah. Th- that doesn't even need to be in the movie. It could have just yeah, been the story yeah, of them yeah. trying to get this thing back in the thing. Aesthetics. I'm going to give it a four. It looks fantastic. It looks like they, like, I guess they shot it in Hawaii and it looks like they're in a jungle. Like it looks great. And it looks like a video game a lot of times too. And, and looks and sounds like a a video game. And I appreciated that enjoyment. I'm going to give it a three and a half. Okay. And divide that by five. You gave it a 3.4. Ooh. Okay. Next up, Charlie's Angels Mm. 2019. What do you think think I'm going to give this movie? I think you're going to give it a two. All right. Plot. Plot is stupid and <laughs> it thinks it's being clever and it's oh, not. It's the worst. But there are, I definitely didn't see the twists coming. So I like, I expected the t- one of the twists and then it didn't happen. And then later it did. And I was like, okay, I guess that's good. Like you got, you've got me to let my guard down. So I'm going to give it a two for no one and a half for plot. <laughs> it gets a one and a half for plot. All right. Acting. I'm going to give it a two and a half. Like the acting's not the problem in the movie. Like the, your your actresses are doing the best that they can. Oh, and Patrick Stewart is great. At, at one point at the end, he opens up a closet and a guy falls out of it, and he's like, "He was in there the whole time, and you didn't know," because <laughs> he's just been waiting for this moment. That was my favorite moment of the whole movie. That was great. I love that. So Patrick Stewart's quite good in this. Pacing it gets a one. It's brutal and long it's nearly two hours long aesthetics i'm going to give it a one and a half it's just not very well shot there's a lot of bad special effects and i know that they shot some of this in turkey like or istanbul but there are so many moments where it just looks like a green screen that they're all standing in front of Uh and it looks bad there's this other sequence where it looks like all three of your main girls are they're all standing in this wide shot and they all look like they're keyed in from different recording sessions and like Kristen Stewart's just asking them if they want a sandwich and no one's reacting to her it it just looks like it it's so awkward and uncomfortable it doesn't it doesn't make any sense it's it's so poorly poorly done uh enjoyment of this movie i hated this but i'm gonna give it a one it wasn't the worst thing i've ever seen all right well you gave this movie a 1.5 wow 
Wow, okay. If you would like to see our list, you can check out thisweekinfilm.com. It's really back. It's it's back. I fixed it. Yay. Thanks, thanks tech support, because I didn't know you could just call someone and ask for help for free. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I didn't know you could do that. I thought you were on your own. But you can call, like, you can talk to someone in, in India, like, over the internet and just say, hey, I, I have ruined this. Can you fix this? And, they'll, and they go, sure. And two minutes later, it's back. So check out thisweekinfilm.com. You can find a link to our letterbox page, which has our rankings. You can find links to anything you want about the show. The only thing that has not been updated is the Midwest Matt recommends section. So, Matt, what do you recommend? Well, this what's week? the point, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, there are two things I recommend. Since Nick was talking about Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom, I recommend listening to that episode, but then going back and listening to the episode where I talked about it, I, I'm amazed at how much of that movie I remembered. <laughs> like, they're, they're steady talking for... And I'm not saying, like, go back to listen to me talk. That's not my point here. Um, but, like, I'm talking for, like, a half hour straight, just, like, all the plot points of the movie. I do think you should listen to it again. I think you'll enjoy it. <laughs> the, the sound quality is awful, and I, I'll give us uh, some props for figuring out better ways to do our audio. But there's, there's one thing in particular that's kind of funny because I make exactly the opposite point in the original review where they're going back to see the dinosaurs and I'm like why are they acting like they're surprised <laughs> and in last week's episode I'm like they weren't even surprised anymore about the dinosaurs I think my point still stands because some of the logic is weird but like mm -hmm. but the point about I think at the end of the day now I haven't seen it again and I'm not going to but at the end of the day they still should be and I think it does have to do with how it's shot it should be shot in a way that the dinosaurs look amazing and people should be amazed that they're still you know dinosaurs and they're incredible right. at the same time the people who have seen them before they should still be in awe they shouldn't be surprised <laughs> they shouldn't be pretending they're excited when the movie's like this is just a dinosaur that's all what you really need to see is the actor's face because we paid them a lot anyway um before you jump off the jurassic park train sure i sent you a text earlier this week saying uh in the first jurassic park yeah. dr sadler mentions mr hammond has brought back extinct species of plants always how did they do me. that always bothered I, me i don't think i've ever thought about it before and it like came to me while i was in the shower <laughs> like what well i was gonna say here's why that bothered me here's why why it did stand out to me is because she's holding the plant she's like this <laughs> right. this form of plant is it has been extinct for for millions of years and i'm like so where'd it come from <laughs> <laughs> yeah where, did, they, did they get a mosquito that ate a plant like, I, I imagine that's that. what it is but like do plants have dna well do I mosquitoes bite plants no they don't they, they're not uh, sucking I mean, you blood get out a, of plants i imagine like a caterpillar would also get stuck in amber uh, that's a fair point but they don't talk about that at all they don't even mention it and then dr sadler is a plant doctor what business does she have helping the veterinarian with the tri poison triceratops? She's not an animal doctor. And then I added, this movie is now literally unwatchable. <laughs> it's, it's so, so yeah, so recommend, check that back out. And then there's something else I would like to recommend, and this is like a product placement, basically. I am currently drinking a Diet Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. I didn't mix it myself. It's a product from Dr. Pepper, but try it. It's good. <laughs> That's okay. all. It's, that's all. It's just yummy. 
Oh, can't wait for that Dr. Pepper check to come in. Oh, yeah, Dr. Uh, Pepper. Send, us, send right. us your money. Hey, if you want to send us an email and tell us what you saw in movies this week, shoot us an email at thisweekinfilmpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll talk about it on the show. Otherwise, you can get t- in touch with us on all the different social networks. But other than that, Matt, you have anything else? I do. I do. I'm going to say one thing, and I'm going to say it real quickly, and I uh, would suggest, not that they're listening to us, but I would suggest that other podcasts could do this just as quickly and not spend three minutes going through it. Hey, if you get a chance, review us on something. Apple Podcasts, yeah. whatever. That's all. That'd be cool. Thank you. All right. Well, I guess if that is the end of the reel, we'll see you next week in film. And remember, judge movies, not people. Kristen Stewart's hair feels like old hair gel. <laughs>